Our world today seems wild and out of control. It seems almost impossible for ordinary people to make wise decisions that can keep them safe and healthy. Welcome to Words from the Wildwood. I am your host, Richard Stidham, and I hope to give you today a better understanding of what is really happening in the world around you and how you can hear God's voice over the noise of the world around us. Let's go today to our new segment. All right, everybody, welcome back to our podcast today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever it happens to be, wherever you are. It's going to be a great day today. We are in chapter 18 of the book of Revelation. I know you've been waiting for this. If you are a person who is upset with the world the way it is, if you look at the evil that is going on around you and you ask, why is there no justice? Why does God not stop all the insanity that's happening and all of the evil things that people do? Then chapter 18 is just for you. Let's review a little bit now. Chapter 17 told us all about the great prostitutes, the great whore of Babylon, this great incredible world system that forces everyone to worship the beast, the image of the beast, the dragon, this socio-political nightmare that was causing the world to seek to destroy every person who would not submit to it. We see this happening in our world today. There's a philosophy out there in America that says everybody has the right to believe whatever they want to believe as long as they believe what Hollywood tells them to believe. Now, it seems that today there are a few people out there who are setting the agenda for an entire country, and I don't know who those people are or where those people are or what those people are, but I know that I'm being told on a day-to-day basis, hey, everything that you think is totally up to you as long as you agree with us. And I'm sorry, the whole part of being an American that is so amazing is you're allowed to think your own way. You're allowed to be your own person. I am a Christian. You may be a Muslim or you may be Jewish. Here's the thing. I'm here to tell you what the Word of God says. I'm here to proclaim what the Bible says. And it's up to you to make that decision, to make that choice. But there are people out there today who are trying to take away our ability to choose our own future. That's what we see in chapter 17. Chapter 17, this world political system is trying to hunt down and destroy everybody who will not take the mark of the beast, who will not subscribe to the philosophies and teachings of the Antichrist. Now, the destruction of the great horde, the great Babylon, was foretold in chapter 14, verse 8. It said that she has fallen. Now we're going to see here in verse in uh, chapter 18, we're going to see the actual fall of the great beast's woman, the woman who rode the dragon. We're going to see the fall of this world political system, and we're going to see it all come crashing down. Now, as with all great tragedies in history, the collapse of a global world system will shock everyone. We've seen several times in our history where people were utterly shocked. Um, the start of World War One, the start of World War Two, Pearl Harbor, uh, things as simple as the immolation of the Hindenburg when it exploded at Lakehurst, New Jersey, or the sinking of the Titanic with that incredible loss of life. It just left people asking, what's happening? What's going on? Where do we go now? Who do we become? Well, here we're going to find the answer. It will be painful for us to see, but there is a truth that God's judgment is going to come about. Let's jump right into it today. All will see her fall. That's the first thing I want you to realize. 
when the great beast, the great Babylon goes down, everybody will see it. Revelation 18.1 After this I saw another angel with great authority coming down from heaven, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. He heard, he cried in a mighty voice, It has fallen. Babylon the great has fallen. She has become a dwelling for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, and a haunt for every unclean and despicable beast. For all the nations have drunk the wine of her sexual immorality. Remember, sexual immorality was their way of saying idolatry, of worshiping false gods, worshiping false idols other than the one true God of heaven. For all the nations have drunk the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath, wrath being the stored up vengeance of God. The kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown wealthy from her excessive luxury. Wow, this great political system that is going to bring the world back after the rapture, that is going to restore it to this great high pinnacle, and at this moment when everyone seems to be profiting from this global philosophy, this global system, it's all going to come down. If you want to put this into perspective, think about 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Remember, whenever we're going through this, write this stuff down. Go back, look at it, make sure I'm right, make sure my mind hasn't gone yet. Never believe something simply because a pastor tells you. Take it, write it down, look at it, and then go to the Word of God and find it yourself. You can ignore anything and everything I say, but when you read it in the Word of God, you absolutely cannot ignore it. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why? The world is selfish. The world wants what it wants. The world desires for self. Whereas the love of the Father is to give him glory, give him honor, because he has given us existence. He loves us. He nurtures us. He is with us every day. He listens to us. He helps us go. So if you're loving the world and the selfish desire for yourself, then the love of God cannot be in you. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, America needs to hear that one, the pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. We abide forever because we are in the will of God. We are His servants. We are giving Him the glory. We are following His dictates, His commands. And that's why we endure forever. Now, every human soul will never die. They'll die physically, but the soul doesn't die. Where you spend eternity determines true life or absolute abject horror of death. So remember that, and we're going to get to that point a little bit later in perhaps another sermon series down the road. So we've seen that she has fallen, that Babylon has become this dwelling of demons. These same things were said of Jerusalem when she was desolate for 70 years, that it had become the haunt of beasts and animals and strange things of the night. So Jerusalem, without God, without his people, was considered to be a desolate haunt. And that is now what will happen to this global political system. First thing you want to see, all will see her fault. There will be no questions. The great political system will crash and burn. Second, 
some will know at this moment to flee. Look at Revelation 18.4. Every time we think that there's despair, everything we, there's no one left to catch up or no one to redeem, that all there is is pain and punishment, look at it. Revelation 18.4. Then I heard another voice from heaven come out of her, meaning Babylon, this world system. Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins or receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to the heaven. The image here is as a refuse pile that stinks and is rotting and is decaying and it pollutes the entire environment around it. So her sins are piled up to the heaven and God has remembered her crimes. It's always been said that God gives people just enough rope to hang themselves. He gives them every chance to be saved until there's no more chances and then he allows them to reap the consequences of their actions. So God has remembered her crimes. Verse 5, pay her back the way she also paid and double it according to her works. In the cup in which she mixed, mixed a double portion for her as much as she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, give her that much torment and grief for she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, I am not a widow, and I will never see grief. There are people who believe that they are born to conquer the world. There are people who are born to believe that, that they can be their own self-made master, that they're going to be the master of their fate. Um, like the old poem, you know, I am the master of my fate. You're not. God is the architect of eternity. God is the one who will dictate to you when you are born, when you die, what you inherit. You can think that this is all you, but it's actually the Lord. You say, I sit as a queen, but it says over there that the uh, the stinking, rotting pile of her works have, were piled up to the heavens. So you're, you're a queen sitting on a refuse pile. And that's exactly what the world doesn't understand. Verse 8 says this, For this reason her plagues will come in one day, death and grief and famine. She will be burned up with fire because the Lord God who judges is mighty. The one who judges her is mighty. Now you think about this and you think about all these things that are going to happen to people. And these are people that we know, people we work with, people we go to school with. People around you are living this life. They think they're inheriting the earth and all they are inheriting is the wind. I want you to consider something. Our response to people who are wealthy, affluent, arrogant, self-absorbed, we might think, oh, you know, wow, they're going to get what's coming to them. But the Bible warns us, don't rejoice when your enemies are fallen, because when they're fallen, they're fallen forever. Romans 12, 18 through 21. Pay attention, church. In a world that is full of wickedness and evil and despicable acts, remember this, Romans 12, 18-21. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When we see wickedness and sin and, and despicable acts going on in our country, in our world, even in our own families, 
Our response should not be to, to grab a cross in one hand and a giant Bible and wave it in their faces and beat them over the head. That's not what we're supposed to do. We can show them that there is the peace of Christ that reigns in us. In these last days, there will seem no respite, no, no rest from what's going to be happening on the earth. But today, while we still here, while we are still on the earth, we can show grace, we can show mercy, and we can point them to the one who has nothing but grace and mercy. So friends, we have a chance. As the days get darker, our light in Christ shines brighter. As the world gets more and more wicked, you have a chance to shine the love of Christ into their lives, that they might be drawn to the light, that they might be drawn to him, and that we can see souls saved who will not have to go through these terrible times. So as we've said before, um, you know, all will see the fall of the great Babylon, the great world political system. And some, having seen it, will recognize it for what it is. Those Jewish people who, who had that, that word of God way back in their head and they pushed it out of their head, now they will see that what they're really doing is they're living in the days of the Antichrist. And they will said, come out of them, come away from the system, come away from the way they live their life, come away from their standards, come away from how they judge themselves and other people. Because here's the one that is really going to get you. Revelation 18, 9. The lovers of the world will weep. Those who love the world system will weep. It says in verse 18, 9, The kings of the earth who have committed sexual immorality and lived luxuriously with her will weep and mourn over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand afar off in fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in a single hour your judgment has come. The merchants of the earth will also weep and mourn over her, because no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine fabrics of linen, purple, silk, and scarlet. All kinds of fragrant wood products, objects of ivory, objects of expensive wood, brass, iron, marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, and frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine wheat, flour, and grain, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and slaves and human lives. The fruit you crave has left. All your splendid and glamorous things are gone. They will never be found again. Now think about this. This is a list of all of the things that people go after today. Wealth, success. You can stick some names in here. People want to go after Rolex. They want to go after Gucci, Lamborghini. They, they want to go after Tesla. For some reason, they, they say now that Tesla is the, uh, is the new BMW. I, I don't see that happening, but there you are. They want BMW. They want Mercedes. They want all of these expensive things, these names that somehow show success and, 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 and wealth. And all that's going to happen is no one's going to be left to want this stuff. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to go after craving it because they're going to see that none of it is worth anything. That having incredible wealth in this world, but no wealth toward God in Jesus Christ means you have nothing. You are a desolate person. Now think about this. Everyone who compromises their beliefs to work with the world, if that means you work for a company and part of your job is to uh, fabricate truth 
or to lie or to or to pressure people or to get gain at a terrible price and inflict a little bit of suffering on other people. If that's what you have to do to get ahead, to gain what the world says you need, I want you to consider this. Isaiah 5, Isaiah 5, 20 through 23 says this, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who put darkness for light, light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink, who acquaint the guilty for a, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his rights. Now think about this. This section of Isaiah right here was talking about what the world was like then. But couldn't it apply to the world today? Don't we have people today who are willing to change definitions? They're, 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 they're saying, okay, we used to say this was not good, but now it is good. Why is it good? Because the world says it's good, because it's politically correct to say it's good, because it's advantageous to me to be seen as someone who supports all these things. You know, and that's that's kind of the way the world is right now. We're willing to say anything to anybody at any time if it makes them happy and they buy more of what we want to sell them. And that's actually so terrible because that's what's going to happen in these last days. You, you will have changed your standards. You will have compromised your beliefs. You will have advocated things which are repulsive to the Lord. And you know they are because you know what the Word of God says. And so in those days... The woes for that will come upon people. Now, there's another thing I want you to see here, too. Those who profited from the great Babylon, Babylon the Great, they will despair. Because if you think about it, if you build your entire life to support a world political, social theory, uh, a philosophy of life that is not your own, but you've adopted it to, to get ahead, when that system is proven a lie, when that system crashes and burns, what do you have left of your life? Nothing. Roman, sorry, Revelation 18, 15. Revelation 18, 15. The merchants of these things who became rich from her, meaning Babylon the system, will stand afar off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones, and pearls. For in a single hour such fabulous wealth was destroyed because it was never wealth. It was always just superfluous things. It was surface stuff. It was stuff that people gave value to. Uh, you know, people go and they buy any type of collectible item. Well, a collectible item's only value is what somebody's willing to pay for it. It has no intrinsic value. It's just what someone's willing to pay for it. Uh, some people have called it the cardboard addiction. Those who uh, invest in, in uh, playing cards, baseball cards, any type of card. It's just cardboard. It's just cardboard and ink, and its only value is what we give it. And it says in a single hour, all this fabulous wealth that people have put their trust in was gone. Every shipmaster, seafarer, the sailors, and all who do business by sea stood far off as they watched the smoke of her burning and kept crying out, who is like the great city, this great city that made us wealthy, this great um, political system that made us all important and powerful? They threw dust on their heads and they kept crying out, weeping and mourning. 
Woe, woe, the great city where all those who had ships on the sea became rich from her wealth for a single hour, and she was destroyed. Rejoice over her, heaven, and you saints, apostles and prophets, because God has executed judgment on her. Think about it. The people on the earth are saying, whoa, whoa, we have lost our power, our wealth, our success. We have lost our measure of ourselves. But he says, rejoice over her heavens because she sought down the saints. She sought down the, the believers, the witnesses, and persecuted and slaughtered and killed and tortured. And now God has brought judgment to this terrible political system. Now, it mentions seafarers, shipmasters, and those who, who do business on the waters. When I actually read that this last week, I thought, wow, that sounds just like Psalm 107. Psalm 107 would be how an intelligent seaman would see things. Take a look at this. Psalm 107, 23 through 28. In describing how people do business, it says this. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of Yahweh, his wondrous work in the deep. For he commanded and raised the storming winds, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heavens, and they went down into the depths. Their courage melted away. In their evil plight, they reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wits' ends. Then, here it is, then they cried out to Yahweh in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. It's exactly the way it really is. On the open ocean in those days, it was a treacherous and dangerous thing to sail long distances because you would encounter all of these storms. Life is like that today. There are so many storms. It seems like we raise high, 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 and then we fall low, low. And some things, sometimes the waves come crashing around us. We think we're going to drown. We think we're going to go out. And then we look to the Lord. We cry out to him, and he saves us. He saves us. That's the amazing thing. In Psalm 107, they were out there in the waves, and they saw the power of God, and then they called out and they saved him. But the seafarers, the seamen, the shipmasters of the great Babylon, they only saw wealth and power and success. And when hard times came, where was their desire to call upon Yahweh to save them? Even the sailors who took Jonah on the ship knew that they were in trouble. They knew that somebody had sinned against God. And when Jonah said, yep, it's me, so they threw him in the water. Even they had a fear of the Lord. And the people of these days, these last days, they have no such wisdom. They have no such insight. They just don't know. Now he's going to end up this chapter 18 with a very important uh, story. And I want you to think about another city just like Babylon just like Babylon the Great, and that city was Jericho. Let's read this real quick. Revelation 18, 21. Then a mighty angel picked up a stone as large as a millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, In this way Babylon the Great City will be thrown down violently and never be found again. Key, never be found again. This world, this world political system, this this dimension of the devil, this this creation of those who are anti-God, 
will be destroyed forever and it will never be found again. It said the sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No craftsman will ever do any trade with you and you will not be found. They will not be found in you. No craftsman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a mill will never be heard in you and the light of a lamp will never shine in you again. And the voice of a groom and bride will never be heard in you again. This is the picture of utter desolation. All of this will happen because your merchants were the nobility of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery and the blood of the prophets and saints and of all those slaughtered on earth were found in you. So you see, they were utterly destroyed because they had allowed God's people to be annihilated in order to, to protect their evil way of life, protect their wickedness. They allowed the Antichrist to do what he did, and it's what made them wealthy, and it's what cost them everything in the end. A life lived in opposition to God may seem successful, may seem powerful. You may seem to get everything from this um, atheistic, anti-theistic lifestyle, but in the end, you will lose everything in that moment of judgment that all men and women must face. Everyone born on the earth will die. And in that day of death, they will face Almighty God, either to be judged as a sinner and thrown into hell or to be welcomed into heaven because of the blood of Christ. Remember that all of us will face the Lord one day, either as judge or as savior. But when you look at this, this to me sounds so much like the city of Jericho. I'm going to take you back to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. Joshua 6, 21 through 26, talking about the city of Jericho. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction. Now, to be devoted to destruction means it is being given to the glory of God, and everything is to be wiped out. Every last thing in the city is to be utterly destroyed. So it says, they devoted all of the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys, with the edge of the sword. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her, as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all of her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it, only silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of Yahweh. But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved them alive, just as he will save alive in the last days those who cling to Jesus Christ. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent into the spy out Jericho. Joshua laid on oath on them at that time saying cursed before the lord before yahweh be the man who rises up and rebuilds this city jericho at the cost of his firstborn shall he lay its foundation and at the cost of his youngest son shall he set up its gates once after this was done after the destruction of jericho a person actually did try to rebuild the city and when they tried to rebuild the city uh, death and destruction came upon his entire family. 
Now, by the time we get later in the Bible, we see that there is a city called Jericho. It is important to note that the city of Jericho we see by New Testament times is not, repeat, not in the place of the old Jericho. The old Jericho, someone tried to rebuild it because it was in an advantageous location. He lost his entire family because he disobeyed the word of God. And that city remained unrebuilt throughout time. In the same way, this Babylon will never be rebuilt. This world political system, which worships man, worships man's own thinking, his own self-importance, it will never be rebuilt. Never. Though Christ reigned on the earth for a thousand years, and he will reign for a thousand years, that city, that political system will never exist again. Just as the original city of Jericho was never rebuilt, there was another city built named for it, but it's a different place. So think about that. Now, churches, we're getting very close to the end here. We're getting very close to the end of the book of Revelation. I congratulate you. You have done more in going through these chapters than most Christians will ever do in their entire life. Most Christians will never endeavor to do the entire book of Revelation. It is difficult. It is sometimes repetitious. And it is sometimes very unpleasant. But you have to understand that the reason why this is important is this. Even though these are hard times, these are difficult times, we know that God is coming back. He is going to come back. He is going to judge the murderers, the rapists, the child abductors. He is going to judge all of those people who lie in the name of science. They lie in the name of convenience. They will be judged, but by God, not by us. I don't like seeing Christians ranting and screaming and yelling and acting like lunatics. I, I know that some people think that they're doing God a service, but they're not. That's why I read the passage I did earlier. Be at peace with them. Don't condone them. Don't support them. But don't become an enemy if you don't have to. Okay, now there's a times when we have to draw a line in the sand. And even I am very careful and in my job not to cross that line when I'm at work. And I'm very careful to tell people why I won't cross the line. But when you come to me privately and you ask me and I say, are you sure you want to know? And they say yes. Then I tell them exactly what the word of God says. And if, they, uh, if they're not too happy with it, I say, hey, I asked you if you wanted to know the truth. Well, there it is. Now you have the truth. Now you know that we have time to redeem what is happening on the earth. Maybe we can't save a nation, but we can save a person. Maybe we can't save a person, but we can pray that God will save that person and that he will speak through us to, to help deliver that child into the kingdom. So guys, it was great talking to you today. It was great uh, being here, going through this incredible experience. I encourage you, please hang in there. We are almost done. Babylon the Great has fallen. She has destroyed. The world political system has crashed. Now we're going to wrap things up in the next few weeks, and we're going to see the glorious return of our Lord Jesus Christ to this earth where he will reign for a thousand years, and we who are caught up in those days before, we will come back with him. We will reign as his servants, and those are the days worth living for. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Um, you know, tell someone about your faith today. Tell them about what you believe. Tell them why you believe it. And I will see you later here with Words from the Wildwood. Thank you for joining us today on Words from the Wildwood. 
We are a listener-supported program presented without commercial interruption. If you have enjoyed this program and want to support our outreach, please send any gifts to Richard Stidham, P.O. Box 1321, Baytown, Texas 77521. Thank you for listening today. God bless, and we will see you again in the Wildwood. <laughs>